Hello and welcome to EMPcast, your NTU employability podcast. A podcast where we chat about all things employability, talking with NTU's very own students, graduates and employees as we ask them about their journey so far entering the world of work. Hello and welcome to today's episode of EMPcast and we're back after the summer break. Um, so my name is Seth Jennings and joining me today as my co-host is the lovely Paige Clarkson. Hi, hi everyone. Yeah, my name is Paige um, and it's so lovely to be back after the summer. I feel a bit out of practice recording an EMPcast episode but here we are. Did you have a good summer Seth or were you mainly just working? <laughs> I was mainly working, but I did have a lovely break as well. Um, Enough about us. Today, we are joined by Great Britain rider, equine sports science and performance graduate, and let's not forget bus billboard icon, Lizzie Boff. How are you today, Lizzie? Yeah, really good, thank you. Fabulous. Um, Yeah, so the reason we bring up this bus billboard icon is because you were on the side of the buses with a horse as part of promotional material is that correct yeah I think it is <laughs> I think I only actually saw one of the buses once because I'm obviously at Brackenhurst um mm. and the buses go through but I commute in um in my car but yeah I was a picture of me on the side of a bus with a horse <laughs> so if anyone if anyone's going oh I, th- I think I've seen her somewhere it would be on the side of that bus we've got a ton of questions for you today but first uh, before we go any further i think it's time for the icebreaker challenge page take it away time for the icebreaker challenge so yes this is something that we do with all of our guests and to see how many icebreaker questions that you can answer within the allocated time of 77 seconds specifically (laughs) um lizzie are you ready for it do you think you're up for it (laughs) yeah i'm ready although i'm not going to be very good at this (laughs) everyone says that and then they just surprise us with some weird and wonderful answers so i can't wait to see what you uh, answer to these questions (laughs) okay (laughs) right so we've got time on the clock um and your time will start in three two one if you could go to any country in the world where would you go uh barbados oh lovely um are you a listener or a talker a listener oh and if you could instantly become an expert in something what would it be oh gosh I've no idea um I mean you're already an expert in what you do so (laughs) (laughs) I mean knowing more about some horses might be useful we'll go for that okay um and what word would your friends use to describe you probably quiet oh and uh what is your most used emoji the the crime with laughter <laughs> that's <Nice>. mine too <laughs> um, who would play you in a movie of your life oh god i have no idea <laughs> okay we'll, we'll, pass pass on. <laughs> we'll, pa- we'll allow you one pass um, okay if you were to perform in the circus what would you do uh definitely not juggling anything but juggling okay <laughs> and what is your go-to karaoke song uh I avoid it at all costs. 
I don't think. <laughs> oh, come on. You've got to have a banger that you you would have to choose. No, I think I'd rather go home. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> cats or dogs? Uh, probably cats. Oh, and if you had one. Oh, OK. And that is all we've got time for. So you've got eight. So that's a pretty impressive score. Although, well, with one pass, seven. <laughs> we'll give you it. We'll give you it. We'll just add it in the edit. We'll add Helen Mirren in the edit. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, I literally don't do any films. <laughs> no, uh, to be fair, Lizzie, I'm exactly the same. I don't um, don't watch uh, many films at all. Seth and I actually were just talking before we started recording today about my um, horrible lack of knowledge in Disney films. It's just, yeah, yeah not good. <laughs> Broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so students, if you're listening, I'm not the right person to review your CV if you're applying for a job at Disney. <laughs> and I definitely am. Um <laughs> I think I think my favourite answer that you gave, Lizzie, was um, I'd rather go home than sing karaoke. <laughs> I certainly would have to have a few tequilas to, to, to get me singing. I could do it with no alcohol in my system. I could just do it sober. <laughs> you name a song, I'll sing it. <laughs> so if it's OK with you, Lizzie, I think it's probably time to start asking some questions. Yeah, so um, obviously we've got so much to cover. Um, I never thought I'd be interviewing, um, you know, a, a GB horse rider. It's just sensational. But before we get to that, let's start at the beginning. Um, I know you've been horse riding since the age of three. Um, did you always know you'd want a career with horses? Um, and just tell us, you know, where it all began and where you've got to up until today. Yeah, so... I I've started riding when I was three I was um really really lucky that I've grown up on the family farm so we've always kind of had been surrounded by animals always had horses um my mum runs a livery yard um so people keep their horses here and my dad is a dairy farmer so we've always had like lots of animals around the place um and yeah my mum used to event as well so she used to ride and at the age of three I had a little Shetland pony called Benny um started sitting on him doing a bit of riding around um and yeah it just grew from there and then like eventually I grew out of him got a bit bigger pony and kept on going and started doing a few little competitions I think I actually did my first competition on on Benny the little Shetland just local kind of riding club really like low-key wobbling around on my little Shetland (laughs) um so yeah it just kind of it it just carried on and when I got to about 14 I started doing I had quite a good pony I was doing um trials for the British under 16s team the pony trial team um so I did that and then that kind of led on unfortunately when I when I got when you kind of reach the age of 16 um, in the sport of eventing or or show jumping or dressage you kind of move from ponies onto horses because you tend to get a little bit tall on the ponies so I sold the pony and bought a horse and that horse um, turned out to be a really good one and he took me to two young rider European championships for Great Britain um, so I bought him when he was five and he he took me up there and was kind of the horse that got me known almost um, but I, I was never fully sure of whether I wanted to do it as a career I was always um a little bit nervous of doing it as a career because it's it's quite hard work and obviously you fall off you get hurt (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
so I was always a little bit kind of wary of doing it as a career but the way things have gone I've I've kind of I've gone for it and part of it was doing the I did my undergrad while I decided and then did my master's degree then part-time for over two years um to see what I could start to build up whether it was going to be possible to do it as a career or not perfect so it really seems that you kind of looked at all of your options and obviously you you studied whilst obviously um essentially doing a full-time job obviously training for for your competitions and as you say you know it's not an easy career route as well um in terms of you know the 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 demands of, of the training um so in terms of your degree obviously you did a degree in equine science so um do you want to tell us a little bit about how you decided to do that degree um and kind of any key highlights really from your degree yeah so I did obviously did a levels at school and then I was kind of looking I was like if I go to university and do something I'm gen like generally interested in um that's going to be useful to me um say it's a science degree so I'll be you know a bachelor of science at the end of it and it's going to be useful to me because I've got a you know compete in my own horses it's it's a course that gave a big kind of vast overview um of a lot of aspects in competing, uh, injuries and everything like that, that would be really useful to me. So I thought I'll do that and then kind of see where it goes because it's always going to be useful to me and it's a science degree at the end of the day. Yeah, de- definitely. It seems like, um, you know, made, made the right decision. Um, what was kind of your favourite module, uh, would you say, or any key modules that you, you felt, um, you know, you've enjoyed? Uh, I really enjoyed the anatomy and physiology so learning about because obviously training the horse working with the horse riding the horse every day it was good to get into it and see how it works like all the muscles and how the horse moves and how to use that then in terms of the way I train and things like that so I think that was really useful and I I only live 15 minutes from Brackenhurst so I lived at home and obviously I have all the horses at home so it allowed me to kind of carry on doing what I was doing with my own horses and then I just I just traveled in so I didn't necessarily get a feel of what it was like to live there but like just from going there and being there it was you know it was nice community like the same you see the same faces every day I, oh. I really liked it yeah I used to visit Brackenhurst quite a bit and I know Paige did as well and it's yeah. just such a lovely feel to that campus um yeah a really a really lovely site it's like a home um, from home it is it's very homely it's really nice I really like it so there's a lot of different type of types of breeds of horses and we were just wondering if there's one particular type of horse that you've worked with or is there a variety of horses that you've worked with um there's a fair variety um I do eventing so you do dressage show jumping and cross country and if you like it's kind of like a triathlon for horses so they have to have a variety of different skills so it's not necessarily that you want a certain breed like say for racing you would want a thoroughbred because they go Mm -hmm. the fastest um whereas this you think yeah you might need a thoroughbred for the cross country phase but then you might need something that moves a little bit better for the dressage things like that so it's a bit of a variety but a lot of them tend to come from Ireland so they've got a bit of thoroughbred in them often a little bit of warm blood in them but a lot of it depends on their brain each individual horse whether it wants to do the job and its attitude to its work. Do you have a favourite type of breed to work with? Um, Probably a a good Irish sport horse is always a good one so they've got they've often got a little bit of thoroughbred in them possibly a bit of Irish draft a little bit of warm blood they're a bit of a mix but they're a good a good type. 
Oh, brilliant. And it kind of as well links to your um, favourite aspects of your course, because you said you really like the anatomy of horses. So it kind of all makes sense. Um, obviously, you know, graduating can be quite scary. So how do you feel your degree prepared you for um, for your career up until now? Yeah, it was really good. It gave me like just a big overview of everything in the industry. So like I've gone on to ride um, full time and try and make a business out of riding. But there were so many different aspects that we covered. So like nutrition, um, physiotherapy, all kind of things like that, that it gave you an introduction to. So it would have given a good starting point for many careers, um, as well as what I've gone on to do. Brilliant. And and obviously you you mentioned as well that you did a master's part time. Um, so if you don't mind me asking kind of how did you come to the decision that a master's was right for you? Was that quite challenging? Um, and yeah, just talk us through that decision. Um, Brackenhurst is nice and convenient for me with it being so local. Yeah. And I was I had a bit of support as well from NTU Sport who were really good to me and also from NTU because I did my undergrad degree there. Um, they offered a discount going forward to do carry on and do the master's degree so that kind of helped the decision and I was like if I can do it part-time it would give me a bit of an opportunity to build up a bit of a client base so there wouldn't be quite as much pressure going straight from my undergrad into say right now I've got to run a business it's kind of given me a bit of time to gradually build things up. Yeah brilliant so it's kind of giving you time to build up your skill set and um, you know almost give you that extra time to figure out what what you want to to do moving forward um so obviously moving on to your riding which I feel is the elephant in the room because I just want to talk about it so much (laughs) um so Seth do you want to um yeah so um you're a four-star international competitor which is just amazing um so I guess what my first question is what's the biggest competition you've ever won (laughs) I don't know they're all at kind of different levels on a variety of different like young horses or through to like top level so I'd say my biggest win would be the advanced under 25 uh, class at Belton horse trials which is that's quite a big class um, and I was I was 21 when I won that um, that was a big one and then my other big one would be I won a senior international three star um, that was a big win and then I've had some top placings in four star so basically there's all the grassroots levels and then you start to move up to international levels where there's one star, two star, three star, four star and five star. And five stars the top, say like Burley horse trials and badminton horse trials. Um, and I'm up at four star. So I'm kind of getting nearly getting there. <laughs> and one of them that you won, um, another one was the University Equestrian Championship, which you <laughs> and your team won for NTU. So Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good fun. (laughs) (laughs) They're completely different competitions. They are. They are. They're just fun. They are. I mean, you go, you arrive at those. You don't take your own horses. You arrive there, and the the venue provides the horses, and you literally pick out of a hat what horse you're going to ride. You don't know the horse, and then you get kind of five minutes to warm it up, and then you have to go in and compete on it. So that's that's fun (laughs) wow I imagine that's you know it must be so difficult you know if you if you'd not had time to kind of almost bond with that horse to just go straight in like a lottery almost (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's quite funny to watch (laughs) oh so I mean I think it's pretty safe to say you're 
very good at what you do. <laughs> um, you know, all of your titles is just um, just incredible. Um, you've also represented Great Britain at the Young Rider European Championships as well, which is just I, I just I never thought I'd be um, interviewing someone on this podcast um, who had that title. So it's just incre incredible. Um, so you get up at the unimaginable hour of 5am in the morning. So I was wondering if you could talk us through um, almost a day in the life of Lizzie. Um, so from when you get up to the moment you go to sleep, um, what do you do? Uh, what does your typical day look like? So yeah, I wake up, I try and be outside for half past five-ish. Um, Sometimes I have a girl in who's very good and she helps me muck out some of the stables, whereas sometimes I'm on my own. So depending on how many horses I have in, it'll depend how many I've got to muck out. Um, and when all the care and mucking out and things like that is done and everything's been fed, um, and then I, I start riding usually at half past seven-ish, between half seven and eight o'clock in the morning. And then, yeah, I just ride them. I go through them kind of one by one. Obviously, some horses will have a day off some days um depending on what their work schedule is and some horses they each kind of have their own individual schedule so some will hack out some will school some will jump things like that um and I gradually go through each one and kind of and then kind of juggle them about if some need to go out in the field some need to come in from the field um usually stop for lunch at half 12-ish back out again at one o'clock <laughs> um <laughs> ride some more horses and then Towards the end of the day, we start to uh, muck out any stables that need mucking out again, feed them all, um, put them all to bed, make sure they're all OK, wrap them up. Um, and I try this time of year, I try to be in for six ish in the evening, whereas in the summer it can be, I mean, I can be out until it gets dark, <laughs> <laughs> just playing about and finishing off. There's always never like everything is never done. There's always something that you can you know you can be doing a little bit more of and things like that but it's always just, a task to do yeah it's just like it's not just the riding it's the spending time with them to get the relationship with them as well yeah and I think I think that in a way is sort of a metaphor for students to in a similar sort of putting in a similar effort into their CV or gaining work experience you've got to put the hours in and you've got to put the the energy in maybe not the same energy you would with a horse <laughs> <laughs> um, and just putting that time and effort in I think gets you to where to where you are now doesn't it yeah definitely I mean there's no no shortcuts it's all hard work to anything anywhere that you want to get um in any career it's got to be hard work that gets you there yeah, yeah. and that discipline of getting up at five in the morning and getting out there and it's just it's inspirational it's really good I I feel I feel lazy now when I wake up at 7 30 <laughs> <laughs> and I go to bed at 7 30 as well so <laughs> oh, oh it's just it's just obviously you can tell it's something you're so passionate about um so you say about you've done all this during the day what do you do to wind down is there anything you do to sounds exhausting <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, I have something to eat watch a bit of telly and usually fall asleep <laughs> basically so yeah I, go, I don't go to bed too late that's for sure <laughs> and um if if anyone is listening who is um an aspiring rider what advice would you give to them 
Um, I'd just say work hard. I mean, a lot of people probably think to get to a certain level, you need a certain amount of money. But I think, um, I mean, I'd like to think that I've proved that you don't need that. Um, like work hard, just gradually. Like there's no race. It's not like a sport where you peak when you're quite young. Like you can keep riding. Like some people are riding at top level right through until they're kind of late 50s, 60-ish. Wow. So it's no, you know, there's no rush. Just gradually build up. It's like you build your own your own path to get there and it doesn't necessarily matter how long it takes you to get there. That's some really nice advice for our students to to work hard and obviously, you know, and some nice advice as well that there's no rush. Um, I think there is sometimes this um, this almost this stigma where you got to graduate and get straight into a job and land your dream job and be in your perfect career in your 20s. But sometimes, it, you know, it, it's nice to hear that, you know, there isn't any rush and, um, and people can take their time. And it's nice to hear that that's even possible in careers such as riding as well, um, if any students are listening and I've got to ask um is the end goal do you feel the Olympics do you feel that is something that you want to strive to (laughs) I'd say yes probably um I mean I'd love to Uh, obviously it's only very very few that get there but I would love to have a shot at it um and it's so like like I've kind of mentioned before it's so have almost a little bit of luck involved of obviously the Olympics is once every four years it's having the horse at that point in that four-year cycle that's capable of doing it as well um but yeah it will be great (laughs) you can see you're working so hard towards it so obviously we we wish you all the best and um I'm sure we'll be keeping a close eye on your journey over the next couple of years and just seeing obviously all the things that you're you're going to achieve yeah, and if you do get to the Olympics, can you can you get me and Paige tickets? Would that be okay? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Seth, you've got to be naughty and ask those kind of questions. <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs> so we like to end the podcast um, with a with a game usually. So often when you're invited to an interview. You're advised to read up and research on the company or the job role that you're going for. So we thought, Lizzie, we thought it'd be fun to test you on your knowledge of horses. Oh, gosh. And and we want to see how much you really know about them. Oh, no. Um, Okay. So so what I'm going to do, I'm going to read out a series of statements about horses. And you must tell me if they are yay, which is true, or nay, which is false. Yes, you heard it right. It's time to play yay or nay. Yay or nay? <laughs> um, and if any of our listeners don't like that pun, you can blame our producer. <laughs> so, our first question on yay or nay. The skeleton of a horse consists of around 205 bones. Yay or nay? Is that humans or horses? It might be yes. Yay. It's a yay. Yes, it is. Correct answer. Well done. Um American quarter horses have one less vertebrae than other breeds. Yay or nay? I've no idea. <laughs> it's nay. It's nay. It's Arabian horses have one less vertebrae than the other breeds. There you go. <laughs> something new every day. Um, Germany has won the most gold medals in Olympic equestrian sports. Yay or nay? Uh... Germans tend to be pretty good, so I'll go yay. 
Yeah, it is. It is a yay. <laughs> okay, and final question. With a horse's eyes being at the side of their heads, they are capable of seeing nearly 270 degrees at one time. Yay or nay? I'll go yay again. It's actually 360 oh. degrees. Well, how am I? Oh, okay. That was a math question, not a horse question. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> Before we finish, we did actually have a comment from the producer that said they were disappointed, Seth, that you didn't do a proper nay. So I feel like you need to do that before we finish. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. I tried my best. <laughs> um, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today, Lizzie. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much, Lizzie. It's been incredible to hear your story um, and kind of how you um, got to where you are at the moment. Obviously, wish you um, all the best for the future. And that's it for today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye bye.